0: If you think about a a sort of five-year-old child or a six-year-old child in those first years of school and it's such a, you know, it's so much to take care. They're they're already exhausted. Um, And then if you add a hearing issue on top of that... At by, yeah, by sort of lunchtime, if, if you manage to get to lunchtime, <laughs> these, poor, <laughs> these poor little people are so exhausted that they, they just give up and then, as you say, they're likely to become disruptive, you know, they disengage and, you know, we're, we're certainly sort of reading about um, children being misdiagnosed with ADHD or mm. you know, attention issues um, because, you know, the, uh, the, um, the symptoms, I guess, look very similar.
1: Just before we get started, I want to give a quick thank you to today's sponsor, Caption Concierge, the captioning service with a human connection. Their reliability, speed, and personalized touch are just some of the reasons why I use them for the Hear Me Out podcast. Visit them at livecaptioning.com.au for your next live event and video. Welcome to the Hear Me Out podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode 19 of the show. Today we're joined by the founder and CEO of Sound Scouts, Carolyn Mee. Sound Scouts is the hearing screening app for kids produced in conjunction with NEL. Um, and yeah, I'm super honored to have Carolyn with me today. Thank you so much for joining us, Carolyn.
0: Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here, and uh, really, I'm honoured to be have been invited to uh, to chat with you.
1: <laughs> so. Carol you came from a marketing background how did you get into the hearing healthcare world that's such a random random <laughs> transition how did you get into the hearing healthcare world
0: yeah it's a pretty crazy transition indeed um, my background was actually communications and so i was uh, a content producer and had spent a lot of time actually working in children's television over the years and then um, moved on to have my own sort of boutique production company and with the company, I did a lot of health and medical uh, content creation, and I was always super interested in the health field. And mm. as time progressed, the digital space became more and more uh, prevalent, and the need to upskill in in the digital area became quite pressing. And so, I got the opportunity to do an advanced diploma in digital media, and I. I sat there and thought, oh, such a huge commitment because it was almost a year-long course, and at the time, I think I had a two-year-old, and so yeah, it was. And I, I was still running my business, so I had to juggle all these factors. But I knew that moving forward, it, it was something that I really needed to um, upskill in this area, and so I made the commitment. And uh, certainly, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it changed the course of my history, that's for sure. So um, during the course I was introduced to the concept of serious games. Mm. And serious games are games that aim to deliver more than fun. So you know, all games should be sort of engaging and fun in some way, but a serious game has some underlying uh, objective, if you like. And I was really fascinated by that. Um, when I was in high school I I I loved the sciences. I did physics, chemistry and three in it maths and, and I loved art. You do? <laughs> you too?
1: Not the art part, yeah, yeah. just everything uh, else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I, I um set a real challenge for the um the the people laying out this um you know the the schedule because art and science was never, you know, <laughs> It was never scheduled like separately, if you like, yeah. because no-one ever did both. But um, I, I set them that challenge and, um, you know, I've always enjoyed both. And, and when it came to deciding what I was going to do um, at the end of school, I opted for the communication sort mm. of arts approach. But um, so Serious Games, you know, all these years later kind of brought these two things back together and you know sort of left hand side and the right hand side of the brain able to um to you know be combined so so that's really um I, that you know piqued my interest and then my assignment my final assignment yeah. uh for the course was in fact the foundations of sound scouts wow uh, yeah so um that's you know it's almost <laughs> 10 years ago now which is Kind of frightening.
1: Wow! Yeah, mm. that leads me into the question of what is Sound Scouts and what is Sound Scouts designed to do? And yeah, what is the Sound Scouts app and what do you guys aim to do with it?
0: Yeah. Well, if I go back to that time when you know when I came up with the idea, I, I, I was looking at uh, the challenge of you know testing effectively. If you just look at the children who start school each year, it's over three hundred thousand kids in Australia that start school each year, and and it was like, wouldn't it be great if all those kids could have access to a hearing check? And I mean, just looking at the numbers, it's not practical or feasible or affordable for audiologists to be testing you know 300,000 plus children so it was like this is where technology you know this is what technology is built for and created for and you know and, and it just seemed like a perfect fit yeah. so yeah in those very early days I kind of naively thought I'm just going to create a game to test kids hearing <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I really was pretty um very naive but I I I was smart enough to know that uh, obviously I don't have a background in audiology. Mm. And so I knew that I had to partner with um, or collaborate with, you know, people who really knew the science of of hearing. And so um, through my, um, my lecturers in my course, I was quickly connected with um, initially Simon Carlyle from Sydney uni and then Simon sort of heard my pitch and introduced me to uh, Dr. Harvey Dillon, who at the time was the director of the National Acoustic Laboratories. And, uh, and fortunately, Harvey was very receptive uh, to the idea. And I'm not sure in the beginning if he, if he really, <laughs> <laughs> truly, you know, <laughs> thought that something was going to come of it and, you know, potentially yeah. whether I'd have the passion and the persistence to you know see it through. But um, certainly I think one of um, one of the most memorable days for me was you know all these scatter plots laid out on Harvey's desk and and just looking at the correlation between you know the gameplay and, and the the results and mm. seeing that this you know this actually worked this idea um you know, really had legs, and um yeah, so that was pretty that was that was yeah. very beautiful and exciting, but yes, yeah, so the aim going back to it was really to just create an accessible solution to check children's hearing and mm. and I think you know we've certainly arrived at that that place, which is you know which I'm proud of,
1: yeah. Um, I love how you had the humility to go and find somebody who was specializing in the field and who was an audiologist or had the science background in order to figure out all of the intricacies. Because as somebody who likes producing things and starting new businesses, I'll just love grinding it, banging my head against the wall, figuring out how to do it and just Getting there in the end, but it's really amazing. I've been connecting with a lot of other podcasters and a lot of other um, people in the hearing healthcare field, um, like Jeff Cooling and Abram Bailey over at Hearing Tracker and stuff like that. And getting advice from them just makes things so much more, so much smoother. You just don't, you don't have to go through the million loops and then come back to the start and figure out. Oh, that's why it doesn't work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think there's uh, there's great wisdom in that saying. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. You <laughs> know, so I, I think I will never have uh, the knowledge and experience that someone like you know Harvey Dillon has. So if you know if you can draw upon that that depth of experience and knowledge, uh, then you know you'd be crazy not to. And I think yeah. the the beauty of making that connection, and what sets Sound Scouts apart, is that um, Harvey had a particular interest in auditory processing disorder. Mm. So when we sat down and you know had the whiteboard out and it was like, right, what you know, what's the idea? What do we want this game to do and to pick up? And and not only was it just you know. Uh, hearing loss it was the aim of trying to differentiate what type of loss so is it conductive or is Mm. it sensory neural but also to see if the child has difficulties listening in noise Mm. Uh, and so so that's something that sound scouts really set out to do from the beginning and it's something that you know we're we're seeing uh, is a particular issue in fact and um, this you know A number of potential causes for the wild child has difficulty hearing a noise, but you know it's something that can be easily missed by just a standard tone test, and so you know it really, I guess, particularly worried me that children having problems hearing in noisy classrooms, they might be going away and having a a standard hearing test, being sent back, being told that they're fine, when in fact you know they're absolutely struggling. Mm. Uh, you know from a hearing perspective and yeah so it's 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 a really from the kids that are failing sound scouts it's uh the most common issue that we see so uh, certainly an area that needs a lot more investigation
1: and i think that's one of the major differentiators sound scouts has um, against a lot of the other hearing screening programs out there, especially for adults or like just pure tone tests and hearing screenings online, I guess that they don't really tell you how you're performing in noise, which is basically where most people are communicating. Most of the time you don't just, sit at home all day every day or well yeah well we're doing it at the moment but (laughs) in normal circumstances that's
0: right yeah look it's um i was reading an article a while back that hearing testing hadn't changed in something like a hundred years yeah and you know it was pretty frightening so i think uh, to be able to offer sort of a new and different way of doing things um, where, you know, data is a key driver. We're mm-hmm. able to to look at the data. We're able to learn from it. We're able to adjust the test. Um, it, you know, it's it's pretty fascinating. And um, I think, you know, there's things like, uh, the, the, there's aspects of um, the test that we, we needed to make sure that nothing... In the test, I guess was influencing the outcomes. So we had expectations on what the the uh, fail rates or the you know the success rates should be around different things, and we were able to look at you know look at the data and test those theories. And um, one of you know one of the things I found really interesting in in the early days of of, um, of the app development is that I, I'm a mother of three and you know, one of my children, I think survived in the early years on peanut butter. He, he was a very fussy eater, but he loved peanut butter. <laughs> so peanut butter was something, it was like, oh, well, you know, we use peanut butter as a target item in the test. And and anyway, lo and behold, we look at the data and the correction rate for peanut butter, I think we, you know, it was supposed to be around 66% and it was sitting down below 30%. Mm. And I was just like, Okay, well, there's something happening there and that's not, you know, it's not acceptable. We'll have to move that. And I, of course, realized straight away, it's because of the allergies and the sensitivities, you know, children aren't being given peanut butter and therefore they didn't know what it was. And so,
1: oh. it was just, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I was like, that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's the only thing that kind of like, you know, adds up that I think parents hold off on, um, you know, on, on giving children uh, or exposing children to peanut butter, which I'm not sure is the right approach. But uh, yeah, when you're testing you know, sort of four to five-year-olds um, yeah. and they don't know what it is, then it's like mm, that's okay. used a
1: lot of your data.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the beauty, the beauty was that we could see that really clearly, and we could remove peanut butter, and we could replace it with something, and you know, and, and that's what we did, and checked again, and and um, and made sure that you know um, that the, the results weren't being, I guess, misrepresented.
1: Um, yeah.
0: So you know, yeah, some some interesting things like that.
1: So your SoundScouts app test is comprised of three main components. Um, can you give us a brief rundown on what each component is and um, how that really helps us to determine how children are performing, whether they have a conductive loss or possibly a neural loss and all of that?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, absolutely, it it uh, it includes three tests: a test of speech and quiet, uh, which we determine or that we've termed the calibration test, mm. and this is uh, a test of five words basically the children are actually they're offered a selection of 10 words and we ask the supervising adults to get the children to say the words out loud they don't need to be able to read them they just Mm. need to be able to look at the picture and say okay that's uh you know a toothbrush and we're looking for them to be able to identify the words as as they're actually written so um they have the choice of 10 and they select five and then they play the speech and quiet game with those yeah. five items. And, uh, and what, we, what we're looking for there is to see what their levels are, how those levels compare with the supervising adult who has done a similar activity prior to the child, and we know what the norms are for children. You know, We've established the norms for children of a similar age. So we're looking uh, at the difference between the years in that test, we're looking at the difference between the adult and the child, and we're looking uh, at the difference between other children of the same age. Now, if the child performs badly in that section of the test, then the volume will be boosted. It might be in both ears, years, or it might be just in one. And the theory is that if the child has got a conductive loss, if you increase the volume, then that will, you know, um, penetrate. I guess the yeah. fluid or whatever's blocking the passage of sound um, through the ear, and, and then- you'll
1: get a re. You'll regain the clarity, and you'll regain the um, all the speech sounds because it's able to penetrate through all of the um, blockage.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so then in theory, um, the child should be able to perform at normal levels in the next two activities, the tone test and the speech and noise test. Um, Of course, if they've got normal hearing, then the volume's not increased and it's just presented um, across the three tests and, and the child should perform normally across the three tests. If the child has got a sensory neural loss, the, the expectation is that they would perform badly across all three tests. Um, and then if they have a listening difficulty in noise, then they'll likely do, uh, get a normal result in the first activity, the speech and quiet activity. They may get a normal result in the tone test um, which is a presentation of a mid frequency tone in a, in a notch. So, um, yeah, a lot of the time we see kids with processing issues do, you know, do okay in the tone test. And then they'll, you know, the results will be outside the normal range mm. in, in that third uh, speech and noise activity. So it's, it really does, um, it is a combination of the three tests that gives us an overall outcome. And, you know, there are, of course, variations to, um, you know, that set of expectations, if you like. So perhaps a child who's had uh, like persistent otitis media or glue ear since they were very young, that may have impacted their speech and language. So they may actually, even with the elevated sound, may still do um, poorly in Mm. the speech and noise activity. Um, We're also seeing sort of uh, children with neurological issues do badly in in some parts of the test. Um, So um, be that speech and noise or or the tone test. So that's, Mm. um, you know, uh showing up um so yeah. that, you know which is kind of good because we're well it's very good because then you know those children will be um you know supported and w- we recommend that they have further you know um investigation of yeah
1: hey podcast listeners thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast it means the absolute world to me I just wanted to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor caption concierge the captioning service with human connection. They are committed to increasing accessibility for deaf and hard of hearing individuals through live captions and video subtitles and their amazing customer service, accuracy, and speed of delivery set them apart from the competition and are just some of the reasons why I chose them for this podcast. Head over to livecaptioning.com.au for your next live event and video. Yeah, and I think that's one of the real benefits with doing it through an app and really having a centralized database is that you're able to um, take all of that data, put it together, and really start to see what are the trends. Um, If you see um, there's a problem in the first test, but not a problem in the other two tests, it's associated with this condition And all those different combinations can really help us to determine um, how can we better help children here in the long run? And what does all these um, pieces of information in each one of the tests, how does that translate into an audiological um, follow-up test in clinic? And I think the more you guys test, the more schools get onto this, we'll really be able to determine how can we truly help children hear better than in, in the classroom in at home and things like that and whether we really need to be um, better soundproofing the classrooms whether we need to be better um maybe doing fm systems especially when there's a lot of children with um with glue ear or middle ear p- problems and that's really awesome that you yeah. have integrated all of these different Areas into your app so that we can truly um, help more children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's it's fantastic that schools have um, taken up the app, and they're definitely driving adoption. So I think the school teachers, um, and particularly sort of the the teachers of the deaf and. Um, you know that those teachers who are specialising have seen the value of it and uh, are really running with it and driving, you know, driving uptake. And I think you're right. I think um, there's so much more that we need to learn, and, and we need to be putting the pieces together. So this move towards open plan classrooms—it's it, a disaster for hearing impaired children. And and I think you know. Uh, um it's kind of you know it's that whole left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing approach of like someone's going this is a great idea and not really you know sort of um like mapping out the impacts that that's going to have in in other you know um, areas so I think you know I think understanding the complexity of you know of hearing And that it's not just, you know, it's not just the the tiny percentage of children who have sensory neural issues that we need, you know, to think about. It's like, you know, there's there's children who have conductive hearing issues. There's children who have processing issues. There's those children who do have sensory neural loss. There's, you know, there's significantly more children with hearing issues that um, we need to really take into consideration and um, yeah I think that you know as you say we need to ensure that uh, the learning environment is set up for them and they've got the best uh, opportunity to succeed and and that's really been a driver for us you know I think hearing um well you know while hearing aids can't return someone's hearing to you know it's not like um not like glasses, but you know, hearing aids aren't like glasses, but they certainly can make a significant improvement. Yeah. And you know, and I think um I think picking up the issue is the first step in, mm. in in the process and that's where, you know, that's where Sound Scouts is what that's what we're focused on doing, trying to enable that. Um it's It's frightening just a a quick, um, you know, uh, learning for us in the early days that we were talking to teachers, uh, itinerant teachers who travelled sort of through regional uh, and and emerging on remote parts of Australia. And and the process is such with a lot of um, state-based education systems Mm. that children can't get, um, they can't progress through the support Process or accessing support yep. until they've had a, a a sight and hearing test. And that would make
1: sense. Yes. Yeah.
0: So it's but like let,
1: the amount of effort it takes to really get a proper sight and hearing test is almost impossible, especially in regional areas.
0: Exactly. Well, there's some kids I was told were waiting nine months for assessment, you know, so you've got these children who potentially, yeah, have an issue for over a year and, you know, one year of delayed support can probably equate to, you know, three or four years of, um, of, of, of lost momentum and having to catch up and loss of self esteem. Um, and so, you know, to be able to download an app and do a clinically validated test, you know, that day and get a result, it is it is a game changer for those kids. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: And I guess, well, this is what I, I assume is that teachers are really adamant about this because they truly see... Um, the day-to-day impacts of hearing loss on children. Because if you're trying to teach a kid and they're not concentrating or they just can't hear and they're disrupting the rest of the class because they just can't hear what's going on, yeah, you your whole job is literally up in shambles. And I think that's really amazing that teachers are coming forward and really helping to distribute this atmosphere so that Children can get back into concentration in class. They can really progress in class and they can get back into functioning like everyone else.
0: Yeah, look, absolutely. I think... uh... That, that term hearing fatigue uh, hmm. is you know is is really interesting where you if you think about a, a sort of five-year-old child or a six-year-old child in you know those first years of school and it's such a you know it's so much to take yeah. in, they're, they're already exhausted. Um, and then if you add a hearing issue on top of that uh, by, yeah, by sort of lunchtime, if, if you manage to get to lunchtime, <laughs> these, poor, <laughs> these poor little people are so exhausted that they they just give up. And then, as you say, they're likely to become disruptive. You know, they disengage. And, you know, we're, we're certainly sort of reading about um, children being misdiagnosed with ADHD or mm. you know, attention issues um, because, you know, the the um the symptoms I guess look very similar, so yeah I think it, it does become obvious now. People often say, oh well you know the parents would have picked it up at home, but the listening environment at home is very different to you know the environment at school. And while a child may have sort of managed uh, at home with a sort of a a mild to moderate loss, you know, using lip reading, hearing in sort of relatively quiet environments. Yeah, they may have had the TV up too loud and there may have been a few little signs. But, you know, you put that child in a super noisy classroom environment. And, you know, I've got three children. I did reading group and, you know, with, with my kids. And I still... You know, I remember sitting there going, oh, my goodness, the noise levels are so loud, you know, in this room.
1: Yeah, it's like noise fatigue as well. You're just, yeah. especially if you can't process the sound and it's all just noise, your yeah. brain just just yeah. shuts off. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. no, it's, So, um, yeah, so it, it's it's not surprising that there's a lot of children who are getting to school, mm. you know, school years, school age, and, and entering school with undetected, you know, issues.
1: Yeah, I um, think um, one of the major challenges we as audiologists face is that there, is, there may be a misconception that once they do the hearing, newborn hearing screening, they should be all right for the rest of their life. But with glia and progressive sensory neural hearing losses and just virus. all sorts of things which yeah. happen <laughs> while you're growing up, yeah. You really don't know that the child has or has not lost a hearing along the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, I, you're, you're right on the um, the the money there, Mark, in, in terms of um, just, you know, this, this misconception. And I think a lot of parents are under this misconception that, you know, great, my baby's passed the newborn hearing test. You know, that's a, a tick there for hearing. I never need to think about it again. <laughs> it's like it's this one-off lifetime test of hearing. And and I think, you know, we have a huge job to do and, oh, yeah. and we've really seen this in trying to promote the use of Sound Scouts, that there's just so little awareness in, you know, amongst the Australian population around the need to to test hearing. Um, you know, after birth.
1: Yeah. And this is in Australia where we have the number one audiology system in the world, Yeah, (laughs) let alone anywhere else. uh,
0: Yes, exactly. I know. It's, uh, look, I think, you know, I think as we sort of spoke about before, there hasn't been, well, there hadn't been a lot of development in, in hearing screening up until sort of, the digital you know the, yeah. the last 10 years and and sadly i think that's you know uh, without wanting to dive too deeply into this area but you know i think um the the drivers there being associated with you know with money and with the profit that can be made and um you know from uh you know there's certainly development around adult hearing and you know that that market there around adult hearing aids um, in Australia uh, hearing Australia provides hearing aids free to all children you know, if you need them. I don't know that a lot of people are aware of that, Mm. Um, but it's less of a competitive market for the hearing aid companies. And so I think that's potentially held back, you know, um, innovation. Development and
1: innovation because money is going to the system and there is really no need to innovate.
0: Yeah. Whereas, you know, I I naively came in, from <laughs> from the side, completely unaware of um, you know the, all the systems oh, and
1: processes which are in place. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: and and that clearly needed shaking up, and you know, and have you know caused some dis. Well, I don't think I've caused really that disruption. I think I've just, um, I think the Sound Scouts is just an improvement, and and certainly you know when it comes to working with audiologists, you know, mm. where audiologists should potentially see you know more demand because we you know we want to see more children picked up Mm. with issues and and those children being you know uh, seen to and looked after and and um and receiving the appropriate um you know remediation
1: yeah um it's funny i just talked with giles on my previous episode episode 18 um giles Tung, the founder of Um, Cattle Labs, which is a um, sound amplification, noise reduction app, which acts like a remote microphone into your wired or wireless earbuds. And I think I've come to the conclusion that audiologists and hearing aids are really not going to solve the systemic issue in Australia, let alone the rest of the world. And I think audiologists really need to be working with new technologies and new systems in order to deliver better hearing healthcare for the whole population. Whether we're using SoundScouts to to do hearing screenings, whether we're using things like chatable apps to do amplification or whether we, and I think that's also like financially makes sense because the more people you're screening through the program, the more people you are able to fit with hearing aids and, yeah. Ultimately, the more people you introduce to hearing healthcare, yeah. um, which can really help business in the long term.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think what uh, Giles is doing is, you know, is a great. Um, a great solution and I think there should be solutions for everyone at every price point um, I think you know given the costs of hearing aids they're just not accessible to everyone and yet you know it's uh, estimated that one in six Australians you know ha- have a hearing issue so I mean everyone should have access to improved you know um, resources and, and, and should be able to hear to to communicate it's just a fundamental so i think um, if technology can provide um solutions then you know we certainly should be welcoming you know that with open arms and um and and as you say i think it's a range you know i think different um you know there's different solutions for different people and and i think the more options we have you know the better off we are so yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's all about options. Not every solution works for everybody. Hearing yeah. aids won't work for everybody, apps won't work for everybody. And I think it's about enabling people to get services in the ways that they are most comfortable with.
0: I, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, that's really important. And, uh, I th- you know, the number of times I've heard the stories, stories and my family members, you know, hearing aids being left in the drawer and, you know, the money's been spent, they've gone through the process, but those hearing aids are still sitting in the drawer. And, you know, if, if that for people, if elderly people don't have their dexterity to, you know, to work the these devices. What what's a better solution for them? What mm. you know? What, yeah, let's let's look at. We we'll talk about you know um, you know the user experience and you know with with the app we're always looking at uh, our user interface. You know how how does it work? How do we make it work better? How do we sort of um, minimize those barriers to mm. usage? And and I think you know that's the hearing industry needs to look at minimizing the barriers. To usage yeah. you know how can we improve hearing improve communication you know uh, reduce isolation due to hearing loss and and just yeah it, it's that whole holistic approach that I think you know is is now taking hold really and you know yeah
1: yeah how do you see the next I know this is like far reaching, but five to 10 years playing out, how would you like the audiology industry? How do you like the school system to start to, to really change, to enable kids to have better access to communication. You were in a previous job about communication. (laughs) (laughs) I think you really understand um, the real need for clear communication, because, yeah, there can be such a divide mm. when you're not communicating well. Yeah, How do you see the next five to 10 years playing out and how, how can audiologists, teachers, speech pathologists really help to um, increase accessibility for more children?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think we've taken the first baby steps, I'm really hoping. I, I think for me, when I entered this space, you know, Um, ten years ago, what struck me in those first few years was the the siloed nature of of the industry and and the sector. I I was completely shocked by, (laughs) you know, these walls that were up and that, you know, these people didn't really talk to these people and um, organisations that I would have thought would help us achieve our outcome just wouldn't even return emails. And, and so, you know, I think um, I think we're seeing some signs that those walls are coming down. And, and I think the important thing is for audiologists and speech pathologists and teachers and government and everyone to come together to facilitate, you know, greater awareness and facilitate the solutions. All those players are so important, and you know, and they all play a critical role. But you know, everyone needs to work together. So I think one of the objectives um, for me with Scouts and going back to the marketing and communication side of things, what one thing that I looked at when I looked at the hearing space was that there was no, there was no brand, there was no product where you went. That's that's about hearing, you know, and that's that's a brand that everyone identifies as, as being about hearing. Mm. Um, there's obviously, you know, some brands that are particularly well known if you're, you know, in that yes. niche space. Mm. But you know, when you think about reading glasses and and you know and sight, you can immediately, um, you know, call Connect
1: upon. To yeah. Yeah,
0: and and so and I think what what that does is that it um, puts the issue, you know, in in front of mind. So people are Mm. seeing these brands and, and while I'm not, you know, necessarily promoting brands, I'm just saying that, you know, the issue of, Oh, I've got to get my site tested. Or, you know, if I see that brand and I associate it with site, I go, okay. Whereas for hearing, there was no commercially available, you know, products really.
1: And there's a real, there's a lot of friction between when somebody has a hearing loss or hearing problem to go get and seek help because you can't just walk down the road and say, Oh, there's, there's green sign, which is spec savers. I'll walk in there and get my sight tested and get glasses. Um, like I tell people, Oh, there's Bay audio. And they're like, I think I've seen that before. And that's like one of the major players and everyone's still like, are they, are they existent? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, so look, there is a bit of change, but I think, you know, I think certainly we hope to um, make Sound Scouts uh, easily identifiable and make people aware of this product. So suddenly you sort of, you know, uh, families are, are thinking about, oh, hearing. And, you know, and what we see sort of from data is we can see whole family groups testing you know so the kids will be checked and then mum and dad will go oh well, actually let's try this and let's test our hearing (laughs) and then uh, you know and you'll also see the grandparents tested and so it's like you're taking a product that's aimed at children and suddenly it's it's just bringing hearing attention and um, awareness into the home and to a broader group of people so, I think, you know, I think there's a, 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 a there's importance there around just elevating hearing, you know, um, just across, you know, in, in our sort of um, elevating in our general awareness. So, back to your question of, you know, what I'd like to see happen in the next five or so years is I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see, um, you know, just hearing become, Uh, people become more aware of it people becoming more accepting of you know of hearing loss and hearing treatments and and just it's just you know part of our um, it's just yeah I know it's been said before but in the same way that we wear glasses and and nobody sort of thinks twice about that Um, yeah and everyone working together to achieve the best outcomes especially for children as they start off on their learning journeys and you know really need to be able to hear to take in that information
1: and absolutely so- yeah th- thanks so much carolyn for joining us on the show um, I'm really excited for more companies like SoundScouts and other companies in the telehealth space to really start disrupting the audiology industry. I think there's a real need for a Tesla in this space <laughs> to disrupt oil companies. I know there's a lot of, there's not the same thing with the oil companies. There's not much communication. And the when a new player comes up like Tesla or a new electric company, um, there really is not any support for them because they think it's going to be taking away from their business but i think there's a real need for innovation there's a real need for change and i think you guys at sound scouts are doing an amazing job and we'll truly um we'll truly see a lot of new changes and a lot of um great outcomes for kids in the coming years. You guys have done 30,000 kids and 40, 45,000 tests. And I think this is just the beginning of uh, a role play in this space.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, yeah, I think, look, innovation is, is uh, it's uh you know, it's critical. And I think you have to sort of, you know, keep moving forward and, uh, and, and, and be sort of innovative to not just to survive, but in order to be doing the best that you can. So um, we're, we're really excited to be involved in this space and to be making a difference to, to kids' lives. And, um, and yeah, we hope to be able to continue to, to, you know, generate change and um yeah we, we thank you for the opportunity to share our
1: story um just to finish off where can people find you online where can people reach out to you or your team um and how can they download that
0: yeah well we're available at soundscouts.com.au for people in australia and just dot uh, com soundscouts.com will direct you anywhere else in the world and the app is available um, on on both the app store and google play and just search sound scouts and uh, we're also on uh, social media so you can look us up on twitter or facebook uh, linkedin I think we've got a TikTok account now. Really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're we're, we're out there. Um, And, yeah, And if anyone wants to email us, um, you can just email team, uh, T-A-M, at soundscouts.com, and we'll get back to you. And we'd love to hear. We we pride ourselves on, you know, taking on feedback and (laughs) listening to our users. So, yeah, download the app, give it a try, let us know what you think.
1: Wonderful. So everyone download SoundScouts on Android and iPhone, um, and that'll be awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And don't forget to use a decent quality set of adult headphones.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Carolyn.
0: Cheers. Take care.